Go ahead and grab your, your Bibles. Go ahead and grab your smartphones, your tablets, those devices that will help you along. Um, this is our last week of a four-week series, uh, and we're dealing with the essentials, the essentials of our walk with God, certain things that are necessary for us. There's a lot, but there are at least the top two, in my opinion, are prayer and uh, God's Word. And so week one of our series that we began four weeks ago, by the way, we're done with January already, and it just seems like last yesterday was January 1st, you know, and here we go again. It's just going to fly by. I know it is. And uh, so the, the, uh, the series began last week with uh, the essentials on the beginning of the month. The series began back then with the essentials of prayer. And the message on prayer that, that first Sunday was uh, prayer changes everything. Week two, we talked about um, strength for power, which was dealing with spiritual warfare. Again, another area or another way of prayer. Last week, we began with the essentials of the Word of God, of the, of the, of the Word of God. And the message last week was entitled, um, The Bible is True. Now, for the person who may be here today, sort of like Bruce, with his thoughts, a bit like his attitude that he had, uh, there may be some of us who are here today who ha would have dismissed the Bible uh, for whatever reason. You don't think that it's true or accurate. Maybe it's not applicable to your life. You know, your thought may be that it's sort of out of touch with the realities of what we deal with now with, with, uh, within our world. Or, and or maybe uh, the one or even the 11, I don't know how many, who would like to know. Not only are there some people who have been critical of what the Bible talks about, not sure of it, but there are those who want to know what the Bible has to say, to have more understanding and clarity with proven scientific and historical facts that if that's what you're looking for, then get last week's message. Because last week's message, we talked about, the message was entitled, The Bible is True. And uh, if you're looking to see if the, indeed the Bible is true, I think it was really a great message. I think it's something that would help you to understand with a little bit more clarity with what God has to say. And of course, you can get that at the website, as uh, has been mentioned. Uh, you can go to wordoflifeag.org, and you will be able to go to the podcast and listen to whatever messages that you would like to listen to, including that one. One of the things I love about you, one of the things I love about Word of Life is that I have come to learn that for the majority of us who attend on a regular basis, the majority of us who are members, I don't know what our membership number is, somewhere around 600, 500, 600, I'm not sure where it is, uh, but uh, you, you seem to be a people who not only hear the word of God, but you seem to be doers of the word. And there's a big difference. When it comes to the Bible, there's a big difference between just being a hearer of the word, of the word but then becoming a doer as well. And you have proven that to me over and over in these years, and I just love you for that. And I'm grateful that I have a church that is that way. And I uh, still believe, as I go into this message, I still believe that God is drawing us closer to himself in 2018. That he wants us to draw closer to him than we ever have been in our life. He wants to take us deeper into a relationship with him. So today, I want to forewarn you, I have a lot of scripture. My wife, she tells me all the time, don't give so much scripture. But... Of course, i got to do what I feel like I should be doing. So you need to know, if you've looked at your notes at all already with what's going to be projected, you can see, I don't know, there's about 275 scriptures that I'm going to be sharing today. A bit exaggerated, but there is a lot. And uh, um, this week, what we're going to talk about 
is the breath of God. I want to talk to you about the breath of God. I'm going to show you that Scripture literally is God's breath. Let me say that again. Scripture literally, literally is God's breath. I want to prove that to you today. So my, my point with that thought is, is that when we read the Word when we meditate on the word, when we memorize the word, we are breathing in, listen, the very breath of God. Let that sink in for a moment. Let me just say those words again. That when we read the word of God, when we meditate on the word of God, when we memorize the word of God, we are breathing in. I used to do that for other things years ago. But I don't anymore. When we're breathing in, when we're breathing in the word of God, you're taking to yourself the very breath of God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? Go with me to 2 Timothy, if you would. I've got to pull up. I've got to pull up my notes myself. Sorry, I've been jabber-jawing here. Come on. Somebody sing a song while this is downloading, if you would. No, here we got it. We got it. It's coming. Events. Come on. Come on. The little twirly twirl is twirling. There it is. Go with me, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The Apostle Paul says all scripture is profitable all scripture is beneficial. And Paul also says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, that phrase, and I said this last week, I want to say it again. A couple of things I'm going to repeat from last week, just because I'm driving the point home. This is really important. We understand this. Uh, I said to you last week that actually that one, that one scripture where it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God, that sentence, that statement is actually just one Greek word. One Greek word would define what that, what that says. And that one Greek word is, by the way, called uh, theonuso. Theo Nuso. Of course, Theo is dealing with God. It is dealing with uh, God himself. And then the Nuso, that is dealing with the breath. That is dealing with breathing. It's dealing with air. That literally means, that literally means to us, all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. Now listen, man, I'm telling you the truth. We're going deep. We're going to be saying some things today that are going to be mind-boggling. We're going to be dealing with some truths coming out of the Word of God that would cause you to question if that's accurate or not. But it is. So you need to hang with me. All Scripture is God-breathed. Now, the message title today, I didn't announce that yet, but the message title today is this, and I'm being specific. The breath of God, semicolon, you know what semicolon is. The breath of God, semicolon, does anyone need a miracle? Does anyone need a miracle? In other words, what I'm saying to you is, I am believing that this word that is going to be shared with you today, I think it has the potential to bring about a miracle in your, in your life. If you would believe what the word of God declares, I believe that a miracle could happen. So let me ask you a question. Is it possible that since the Bible is the breath of God, 
I've declared that already. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to prove it to you throughout the scriptures this morning. It, since, since the Bible is the breath of God, is it possible that some of us live in a spiritual ox, oxygen-depleted atmosphere? That maybe, just maybe, some of us are living in a spiritual oxygen-depleted atmosphere. And the way you would know if you're living your life in a spiritual oxygen-depleted atmosphere is when you realize that it takes just a little bit, just a little bit of stress that knocks the wind out of you. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of stress that, uh, that gets us out of breath. Now listen, I've got, I've got good news for you. If you're a person here today, and today you have little stress, or today you have big stress, this book is the breath of God. This is good news to you. This book is the breath of God. Because all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and that means all scripture, all the scripture is God-breathed. This book is the very breath of God. Come on, give me an amen. So let me develop this a little bit more. Go with me now to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel, you'll find it in your notes. You'll also see it projected. If you don't have a smartphone or a tablet, you can, uh, you can follow along with this. This is, this is one of the most amazing stories in all of the Bible. It is mind-boggling to me. Go with me to verse 1, Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were uh, very many in the open valley, and indeed there were, they were very dry. And he, God, and he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. That's probably how I'd respond. And again he said to me, Prophesy. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus uh, says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sin, uh, sinew, sinews, I, however you say it, sinews, I guess, on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So, so I prophesied, and I was, as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, listen to this, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews uh, and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. But there was no breath in them, it says. I wonder, I wonder how many people feel that way right now. You're alive, but you don't feel a breath in you. You're not getting it. You're not feeling a breath in you. Go with me to Ezekiel 37, verses 8 through 10. Let me conclude this by reading this. And also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. And they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. What an incredible story. 
What a mind-boggling story that the breath of God in this passage transformed a valley of dry bones into an exceedingly great army, and they were alive. And they were alive. So let me ask you again. Does anyone here in this room need a miracle? If God can do that, if God is able to do that with a valley of dry bones, I wonder if there's anybody here who would dare to believe God that he's ready to give you a miracle. Four things about the breath of God, that, that the breath of God gives us. This is what I want to talk about, the four things that the breath of God gives. Now remember, all Scripture, all the Scripture is God-breathed. All the Scripture is God-breathed. And here's what the Bible says that this Scripture does for us. The first point is this, is that the breath of God gives understanding. The breath of God gives understanding. Let's go back to Ezekiel. With each of my major points, I'm going to go back to the story that we just read. So in Ezekiel uh, chapter 37, um, verse, I just lost my spot, verse 3. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. In other words, what the prophet was saying was, I don't know. I don't know how they could come back to life. I don't know if this could work or not. I don't know if this could happen or not. Again, a lot of scripture, so hang with me. In Job 32, verse 8, it says this, But there is a spirit in man, and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. The breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. So let me ask you a point-blank question, and I would like a response. So I, I want to ask you, so what gives you understanding? What, what do you think gives you understanding? That's pitiful. That is a pitiful response. I said, go ahead and respond to me. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one more opportunity. Hint, it's got to do with the last verse that I just read. What gives you understanding? The breath of God. The breath of God gives you and I understanding. What is the breath of God? The word of God is the breath of God. How many times have we said, how many times have we said, you know, I just don't understand why this is happening. I put down the number for me at least 10,000 times. I've known the Lord for 46 years of my life. I've been in ministry. This is my 34th year I'm into right now. I, I've been serving the Lord for a long time. I, I will tell you at least, I'm assuming, 10,000 times I've said this word. I don't understand what's happening right now. I don't get it. If I could understand the reason for all of this, I think I could probably make it to the other side, but I don't understand if I could just understand what's going on with my wife right now, what's going on with my husband right now, if I could understand what's going on with my kids, what's going on with my parents, if I could understand what's going on with my business, if I could understand what's happening in my school, you go ahead and put whatever analogy you would like to, to use. I just don't understand what God is trying to teach me right now through all of this. But I know, I know he's teaching me something. I don't understand I don't understand. This book is how we get understanding from God. If you have ever, or if you are right now in the midst of, I don't understand. This book, this book right here, will give you the understanding that you and I need. Psalm 119. I want to prove some of this stuff up with scripture. Psalm 119.34 says, help me understand so I can keep your teaching, obeying them with all of my heart. Help me to understand. Gentlemen, 
The way you will be able to understand your woman is through this book right here. The only way you're going to... The only way you're going to understand her, listen, I've been married for 44 years. I've got a little bit of experience under my belt. And the only way you're going to understand your woman is found in the scriptures. In 1 Peter 3, 7, in fact, specifically, here's what Peter tells us. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with, say the word, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers would not be hindered. Gentlemen, the only way you're going to understand your woman is through this book right here, the Bible. And ladies, the only way you're going to understand your man is going to be from this book right here. It's going to be from this book. So if you want to understand your husband, if you want to understand your wife, if you want to understand your man, if you want to understand your woman, then I say go back to this book right here. Go back to the, the owner's manual from the manufacturer himself. He will tell you how to understand. Would you give the Lord a round of applause? He's a good God. He is a good God. God wants to give us wisdom and understanding. But it comes from the word of God. Go with me to, to Luke chapter 24 verse 45. And it says these words, and he opened their understanding, Jesus, and he, Jesus, opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Listen, without breath, we panic. For whatever the reason would be, if you ever get to the point where you can't breathe, you can't get your breath, you can't breathe, panic begins to enter. When you can't breathe, real panic sets in. And as far as I'm concerned, there's a whole lot of Christians out there who are panicking. The year is 1998, and uh, Marianne and I were given our 25th wedding anniversary, a, tr a trip to Hawaii, our first time there ever. Mike and Ann, my brother and his wife, Mike is my, my care pastor here at Word of Life. Mike and Ann ended up meeting us there as well, and we had a we had a blast. It was my, our first time there. We fell in love with Hawaii. If you've never been to Hawaii, it's a 14-hour flight from here, and it's worth every mile. It's worth every hour that you're in that plane. But anyhow, let's keep going. I want to get to the point of the message. Uh, it was our first time in Hawaii, and Mike and I decided that we're going to do some snorkeling. Never been to Hawaii before. And oh, by the way, there's some red flags posted all along the, the beachfront. But we decided that we're going to do some snorkeling. And uh, the fact of the matter is, I'm not a great swimmer. I'm a good swimmer. Well, I'm a pretty, well, I'm sort of good. I'm a sort of good swim, swimmer. I can keep myself above the water typically. Uh, but we're doing this. And we have snorkel gear on. And we're doing, we're trying to look at turtles, finding turtles and fish, whatever it would be. And uh, all of a sudden, I got caught up. Mike and I both did. But I seemed to get more into the biggest part of the current, uh, this undertow that was unbelievably strong and actually was, was uh, pulling me out. Um, and I was, swim I was swimming my little heart out, trying to get out of this thing, trying to get, get somewhere. I didn't even understand I was in an undertow. All I know is that no matter what I was doing, I'm going nowhere fast. You know, I am just going nowhere fast. And in all honesty... I don't know how long it was. Mike may have a different number. I'm thinking it's at least five minutes. Maybe it was 10 minutes. I don't know. Maybe it was even 15 minutes that we were trying to get out of this undertow, pushing and pushing our way to, sh to shore. I was exhausted. I was exhausted. I was completely, totally exhausted. I honestly felt I didn't have a breath in me. I didn't have a breath. And I began to think, 
this just might take me down because I can't, I can't take much more. I literally knew that I couldn't take much more. And I'm going to admit to you, I mean, I wasn't crying like a girl, but I was beginning to panic. I was beginning to wonder, really, really, honestly, am I going to make it? But somehow or another, in some way, the panic gave me the wherewithal, the hoorah, to begin to keep on swimming. And I remember finally, all of a sudden, I'm gaining ground. All of a sudden, and there was this rock, beautiful rock pier uh, off, off, in this, off in the island that was going out. And uh, Mike and I finally, made, I think Mike beat me there. He was a better swimmer than me. I, but we, we made it there, and uh, uh, it, was, it was really crazy. It was, it was one of the moments of my life that I thought I was really going to die. And secondly, that I began to panic. And when we panic, when we can't breathe, we do panic. No matter the need, no matter the issue, no matter the problem, no matter the decision, no matter the questions, no matter the desires that you have. Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. The breath of God gives us understanding. You need to go to God. You need to talk to God. You need to let God give you and I the understanding. Remember what we, I challenged you with just a moment ago in Job 32, verse 8, where it says, the breath of God, the breath of Almighty gives us understanding. Point number two. Point number two already. The breath of God gives order. The breath of God gives order. In Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 7, it says these words. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, listen to this, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Now, I don't know if you caught at the very beginning of the message as I was reading it, and you can read it over yourself. I challenge you to do that anyhow. But, but Ezekiel 37 verse 1 was saying to us, this was the valley of dry bones. This was the valley of dry bones, not a valley of skeletons. It wasn't a valley of skeletons. The bones weren't together. It's not saying that they were together at all. In fact, what it is saying, uh, and, the bones, and the bones came into order when the breath of God came, when he prophesied, which is, by the way, when you prophesy, you're, you're speaking the word of God itself. And they then became skeletons. So there was just bones. This was a valley of bones. There were bones everywhere. And again, the Bible says, I just read it to you, Ezekiel, he prophesied, and as he prophesied for the bones to come together, as he spoke that word, as he spoke the word of God, the, there was a noise, and then there was a rattling, and the bones began to come together. In other words, when the prophet spoke the word of the Lord, the breath of God came, and the bones became a skeleton. The bones, they came together when he spoke that word. In, in uh, Psalm 33, verse 6, it says this. It says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. I say it again. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. There's two things here sh being shown to us. By the word of the Lord and by the breath of his mouth. Just in this one verse. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all uh, all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Just so you know. I don't know who you are. I don't know if you would be thinking these thoughts. But just in case uh, you're thinking that the, the heavens, the universe, they just simply evolved. They just, you know, it was a big bang kind of thing. 
No, that's not true. It, 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 it did not just evolve. But it was, all by, it was all created by the word of God, by the breath of God. And it came into order. When God spoke, it came into order. In fact, let me prove it to you in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be light, and there was light. In other words, when God spoke, let there be light, there was light. I know that makes sense, but there was light. In other words, when God spoke it, it happened. Now, I brought this up to you last week. I'm bringing it up again to you this morning. And that is, is that when you speak, when you and I speak, like I am right now, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking out. My, my breath is coming out of me. I'm, I'm breathing while I'm speaking to you. You do the same. That's why every now and then you just have to speak a little bit and stop and get your breath back and start speaking again, especially when you're preaching. I know all of you love standing up here and preach if you could do that, but uh, when you do those kind of things, you just go ahead and take a breath again and then go back at it. And as I've mentioned last week, and I will say again this week, is that I met quite a few, few people who were able to conquer that breathing thing. Because I've met a lot of people in my years who can go on and on and on and on and on with stories, and they never take a breath. I don't know how they do it. But some, not you, of course, but some are able to do that. And it says in Genesis 1, this is, this is incredible. Then God said, let there be light. Now, he didn't say it like that. But I'm trying to emphasize to you the fact that when God said those words, the breath was coming out. When God said, when God spoke those four words, let there be light, the breath of God came out, out of his mouth, and it created what he had said. So listen to me. Listen. The power is in the breath. The power is in the breath. Um, the breath of God came out, and we were able to see happen what he said would happen. The power is in the breath, and that is incredible. This is a life-changing thought here. This book is not just the book of words. I know a lot of us think that. I know a lot of us even say the word, word. I'm reading the word of God today, and we think of the book as a, a book of words. But this book here, when God spoke, when God spoke, he breathed when he put this together. And the power to do what what he wants done is in that breath. So whatever it is that God says, whatever he speaks, when he breathes, and the power to do what he wants done is going to be found in that breath. Go with me to Isaiah. Many of us know this scripture. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I had sent it. Come on, church, that's a great word. Would you give the Lord a round of applause? What he says in his word is going to come to pass. So there is power in his breath that brings, brings things into order. So listen, when you're going through difficulty and, and you read something in the scriptures, when you are facing a big decision, some, your world is rocked, there's an issue going on, there's a problem, there's a need, there's a deci decision that needs to be made. 
When you're in the midst of that and you pick up God's word and you begin to read some different things in God's word that would be confirming, that would be true to you, that you think would deal with you, the power to do that in your life has been released when you get that. Did you hear me? When you are in the midst of decisions and you're dealing with something, you're facing a difficulty, a challenge, a decision to be made, and you read something in the scripture, and then all of a sudden it just like jumps out of the page on you. Um, the power to do it in your life has been released at that moment. In other words, God is going to do what he said. Let me give you an example of that. Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. I'm not going to read all of them, but that's exactly what the centurion wanted to have done. You see, the word of God, the word of God brings order into our lives. And he, the centurion, wanted something to be in proper order. I'll read it to you. I'll explain it to you. Jesus has just completed the Sermon on the Mount. That was life-changing in and of, its, of itself. And then just miraculously, just before the centurion shows up, Jesus heals a leper. He, he touches, miraculously heals this leper. And this centurion humbles himself and he humbles himself on behalf of his own servant. And he acknowledges that he's a Gentile. To Jesus, he acknowledges, I'm a Gentile and I'm a Roman soldier. And he says this, he says, Lord, my servant is at home and he's paralyzed and he's suffering terribly. And Jesus responded immediately to the centurion. And he says, well, I will come. I will, I will come and I will heal him. And in verse 8, let me read this to you, Matthew 8, 8, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I, I, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. I, I, I'm just not worthy of this. In other words, the centurion is saying, listen, I understand order. I understand protocol. I, too, issue commands, and I receive obedience because he was a man under authority of the Roman, uh, of the Roman Empire. And the centurion, speaking to Jesus, he says, and in the same way, Jesus, that God has got your back, where a mere command from your lips, Lord, a mere command from, from your lips, Jesus, would just banish the power of sickness and disease. And then Jesus says, as he heard this guy just begin to talk about the truth of who God is and connecting all of these dots and understanding order and protocol and all of these things, Jesus said in uh, 8.10, I'm not going to read it to you, but Jesus marveled. He marveled at such, great, uh, at such great faith that this guy had. And somehow this Roman soldier got it. Because at the end of verse 8, he says, but speak, only speak a word and my servant will be healed. But only just speak a word and my servant will be healed. And in verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed in that very same hour. Let me ask you a question, my friends. And that is, is there any area of your life that needs to come into order? Is there anything in your life that is out of order, that is not right, that is impacting you, affecting you? If not you, your spouse, if not your spouse, your kids. Is there something in your life that needs to come into order? Do you need a miracle? And I think you're at the right place at the right time to receive that. Point number three is, point number three, the breath of God gives strength. This is incredible. The breath of God gives strength. Let me read it to you. Verses six through eight. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied 
so I, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was, there was a noise and suddenly rattling. And the bones came together bone to bone. Verse 8. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. Sinews, by the way, are actually tendons that connect the muscles together. That's our understanding. That's my understanding. It brings strength to the body and allows it to function properly. So in this particular point, it gives strength. Let me show you some verses on the breath of God that gives you power, that gives you, gives you the strength of God. Go with me to Psalm 18. This is King David. This is incredible. God, you are so good. In, in Psalm 18, beginning with verse 15. The channels of the sea, this is David speaking, the channels of the sea were seen, the foundations of the world were uncovered at your rebuke, O God. And the blast of the breath of your, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils, he sent from above. Listen, let me say that again. At the blast of the breath of your nostrils, he sent from above. He took me, he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong. This is David speaking, and he says, by the blast of the, by the, blast of the breath of your nostrils. <clears throat> I was going to do that, but I'm afraid what might come out. <laughs> so instead of doing my nostrils, I'm going to do my throat, okay? At the, blast, at the blast of the breath of the nostrils, you strengthened me. You delivered me from those who hate me, those who were too strong for me. At the blast of the, at the, blast of the breath of your nostrils, is where this took place. Listen, church, if you would allow God, if you would just allow God, he's got your back every time. He has your back. He's got your back. I don't care who they are, how much power, how much money, how much means they may have. The breath of God will defeat those who would be seeking to do you any harm. Let me give you a little bit more of confirmation of that. Under the uh, leadership of Moses... And under obedience to God, the three million plus Jews have now been told that they can leave Egypt. They're free to go. Many of you know the story. I'm not going to go into that too much time. But as they got to the Red Sea, the Jews realized that now they're trapped. And the Egyptian army is hot on their trail to bring them back to Egypt. They're going to, in one way, uh, take them back. And in the Song of Moses, which is found in Exodus chapter 15, go with me there, Exodus chapter 15, uh, this is called the Song of Moses. And by the way, in case you don't know, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that when we get to heaven, one of the songs we're going to sing together as the church, as believers, sons and daughters of God, is this particular song right here, the song that uh, 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 Moses put together that's found in uh, Exodus chapter 15. So my... Advice to you is uh, practice up the singing and get the words down so that you don't need to use an overhead and you can worship God the way you'd want to. So let me read you these verses in Exodus chapter 8, beginning with verse, uh, chapter 15, beginning with verse 8. And it says, and with the blast of your nostrils, there it is again. And with the blast of your nostrils, the, water, the waters gathered together, the flood stood upright like a heap, the depths congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue and I will take over. That's what the enemy always says. You know that we're in a battle, not with just people. People aren't the main problem. It's the works of darkness. Give me an amen. And he always says, the enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. But then comes verse 10. And verse 10 says, you blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank. 
They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? The Bible says, and you blew your wind. You blew your wind. What happened here was the blast, the blast of the nostrils. Do you know, do you by any chance have a, a, a Red Sea in your life right now? Is there something going on with you that you need to have the waters part so that you can get to the other side? Well, if you have a Red Sea experience going on in your life right now, here's what you need to do. Take God's word. Breathe God's word into that situation so that the seas will part before, before your very eyes. Are you, are you trying to move forward in your life, beginning to finally find freedom? Now listen, and there are all kinds of enemies that are against you. You know who they are. Some of them you know by name. And some of them are, are, of course, in the spirit realm. And just so you know, when your enemy, whether it's a physical enemy or a spiritual enemy, seems to be getting the best of you, the breath of God gives you strength. Amen. The breath of God's word, it will give you strength. You need the word of God in order to get through that. Just one blast of air, one sneeze from God's nostrils is enough. That's all you need. It's all you need. And there is a power God wants you to have in this life. Because honestly, our, ba our battles are not just dealing with people. We deal with people. There's issues with people. But that's not the main fight. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood people, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. In other words, there is a spiritual battle going on as well. Light versus darkness, good versus evil, life versus death, God versus the devil. And in Romans 8.37, not in your notes, it says, Now in all things you and I, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The breath of God gives us strength over our enemies. Come on, give me an amen. amen. And then we find in John chapter 20, verse, verse 2, there is a greater strength. In fact, the greatest strength that God wants to give us is found here in John chapter 20, verse 22. And when he, Jesus, said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Many of us in this church knows exactly what we're talking about. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, And, when, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in the entire world, and you shall receive power. According to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power, and the power is God himself. And he ends up residing right here. He lives in me. He lives in you. If Jesus has become your Lord and Savior and leader of your life, the Holy Spirit now makes his abode inside of you and I. I don't know about you, but I need more and more of the strength and power of God in my life. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have what it takes I'm not strong enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough to make it happen. I need more of the power of God in my life, the strength of God in my life. And if that's you, give an amen as well. My fourth and final point is this, this the breath of God brings life. The breath of God brings life. The breath of God brings life. Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me. And breath came into them. Did you hear that? And breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. This is a message 
with a matter of life and death. Why? Because it's God who's speaking to us. You have a choice to make, whether you're going to believe God or whether you won't. Whether you will allow the breath of God change you and do for you what needs to be done to give you life or you won't. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, knowing this, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved on by the Holy Spirit. They spoke the word of God, just like Ezekiel, Ezekiel who would speak the word of God. When Ezekiel spoke the word of God, the breath of God was released. When he spoke that, when he prophesied that word of God, the, the power was released. The breath of God would be released. When you speak, when I speak, the word of God, the breath of God releases the power into your situation, what you need for your life at that particular time in your life. When you speak the word of God over your spouse and over your family, when you speak the word of God over your wife, over your husband, when you speak to them about whoever they may be, your, their, the health, of the family, the recovery that they may need, restoration or grace or hope or peace, whatever the things you would be speaking. When you speak the word of God over your spouse, over your family, the power to complete the word is in the breath. It's in the breath. Proverbs 4.20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all of their flesh. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, almost done here. And the Lord God formed man uh, of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and the breath of life, uh, and the breath of life, and man became a living being. What brought life to Adam? Anybody want to tell me? The breath of God. What brings life to you and I? The breath of God. Just like what happened to them, happens to us if we would let it happen. Remember where we started all of this. All Scripture. All Scripture is God-breathed, the Bible tells us. All Scripture is uh, uh, breathed by God. And uh, it, this always brings us life. Remember the sermon title. The breath of God. Semicolon. Does anyone need a miracle? Let me ask you personally. Do you need a miracle? Do you need a miracle in your life today? Maybe for you, you, your thought is, well, something's got to change. I don't know if I need a miracle or not, but I know this much. Something has got to change. Because I'm sick and tired of the same old, same old. I'm tired of spinning my wheels and just seem to be going nowhere fast. I'm frustrated with myself and poor decisions and seem to be just digging deeper and deeper holes in my life. Listen, my friend. Whether you believe it or not, whether you understand it or not, and sometimes it's hard to comprehend. But God has a plan. God has a reason for your life. He has a reason for, for all of our lives. God wants, wants you to live in the fullness of what that purpose and that plan is, the reason why he created you. He wants you to live in that. There's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why God has brought you here at this time into this place. God has a plan for you and God has a plan for me. And that plan begins with freedom. That you would be free from the things that would keep moving, uh, that keep you from moving forward. That keep you from becoming everything that God has in store for your one and only life. <clears throat> and for the next life as well. If you really want freedom, if you really want to live a life in, in fullness, 
It's not going to be just handed to you by God. No, if you're sitting there thinking about the different issues of your life, the different challenges of your life, the different bondages and addictions that you may be dealing with, maybe, just maybe, you would be ready to say today, yes, pastor, I want to get rid of that. Yes, pastor, I want to, I want to do something in my life that will bring about the change necessary. I don't want to live my life like this any longer. I don't want those things to dominate my life any longer. Just like Bruce's story. Just like what he shared with us today. In John chapter 8, final verse. John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set, make you free. Step number one, if you want that freedom, you need, to, you need Jesus. If you want freedom, you need Jesus. Because Jesus is the miracle. Jesus is the Son of God who will bring the healing and the wisdom, the recovery, the restoration, whatever it is that you need. He is the one that will bring you life. To know Jesus puts you on that path of freedom. Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. My question to you this morning is this. What is God saying to you? What is God whispering to you? What, what is it that just sort of resonated? What is it that, that just maybe, just maybe, that God spoke to you today through this word? What is he saying to you? And listen, I know that God can speak a, a multiple of things into our hearts. And he may be speaking some very specific things to you right now, something very specific through this particular message. Whatever you're going through right now, I'm here to tell you, my friend, God's word is the answer. It is the breath of God. And it is that breath that brings life to us. I promise you, the answer is the word of God. If you're here today with your head bowed and your eyes closed, and you're going through a difficulty right now, I just want to challenge you. That just maybe, maybe today, it would be a day that you would give your life over to God. Or maybe today would be a day that you would come back. Maybe you were someone who did years ago and you've walked away from God. And maybe today you'd want to come back. Maybe today would be the day you'd want to be saved. Maybe you got bad news in the last 24, 48 hours, and it's rocked your world. I want to let you know we have some intercessors. If you all could come here and get ready right now, the intercessors. We have some intercessors who have been praying for you for the last 45 minutes that this message has been going on. And they're ready to pray for you right now with whatever need you have. So if you have an issue going on in your life, they are here to intercede for you. An intercessor is someone who stands between God and you. They're praying for you. So we're going to sing our final and last song. And as we do that, I'm going to ask you to please not leave yet. I mean, if you have an emergency, of course go. But I'm going to ask you to just stay for this one final song. And then while they're singing, if you would like someone to pray for you about whatever it is you want, you come to these men and women and they will be faithful to do that. Would you stand to your feet, please? And let's go ahead and sing. And as they begin, make your way down for prayer. And then we will release.